0: Welcome to the Sales Pro
1: Chat Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association, helping sales-focused professionals discover new tools, trends, and strategies. Please welcome your host, Bill Bannum.
0: Welcome to the January Sales Pro Chat from the Canadian Professional Sales Association. In this episode, we hear from Gail Chirac. Director at Intellects Technologies about ways to maximize the productivity of your sales team. Gail is a sales enablement leader with a record of success and extensive experience driving cross functional collaboration, customer loyalty, and market share by empowering sales teams with the right coaching and training to maximize their productivity. She is also a founding member and Toronto Chapter President at the Sales Enablement Society a practitioner-fueled non-profit organization established to elevate sales enablement as a globally recognized profession. For sales professionals, team leaders, and organizations across the country, the Canadian Professional Sales Association is your partner in building knowledge and skills to improve sales performance. The CPSA is the advocate for excellence in sales. We invest resources in programming, curriculum development, and professional designations to help individuals and companies become more successful through effective sales. We connect employers and employees, business with academia, and the private sector with government to advance the sales profession and improve Canadian competitiveness. Learn more at cpsa.com. And remember to subscribe to the CPSA podcast through iTunes, Google Play, and more. Gail, welcome to the Sales Pro Chat Show.
1: Thank you so much, Bill. It's great to be here. So firstly,
0: beyond my wee introduction, there, Gail, please introduce yourself to our listeners.
1: Uh, so my name is, as you said, Gail Chirac, and I am a wife, a mother, a daughter, a sister, and a friend to many. But for the purposes of today, I'm the Director of Sales Enablement at Intellects Technologies. And I've spent pretty much the last 15 years of my life in the world of technology, supporting and building sales enablement functions for global companies.
0: Wonderful. Thank you very much. Now tell us a bit about intellect technologies. Who are they? What do they do? How do they help salespeople?
1: So, Intellex is a, uh, a local to Toronto uh, headquarter company, um, and we create web based management systems and we're on, on SaaS platforms, et cetera, that help companies optimize their business performance, uh, enable regulatory compliance, and streamline things like their ISO initiatives for health, safety, quality, and environmental professionals. So, what we like to say is that we change business for good by empowering these leaders to ensure that their workers get home safely every night.
0: Okay, thank you very much. Now let's start getting into the nitty-gritty of, of today's topic. So firstly, uh, I'd love to hear from you, please. What, what are the characteristics, of you think, of, of a top sales leader? So, for example, do they need to be adaptive? Do they need to have good communication? Do they need to be strategic, metric-driven? All of the above, maybe.
1: Uh, you know, it's interesting. I think um, definitely all of the above, but the uh, what I might add to this is uh, disciplined. Um, I've seen so many cases where uh, sales leaders are not inspecting what they're expecting, and that level of discipline really um, is required to keep that business flowing and, and growing. Um, I think they need to be a good coach. There's a difference between giving good feedback, hey, great deal, and being a good coach. Uh, they've got to be change managers, and I would suggest that they bring a little bit of vulnerability and empathy to their role. Can you
0: expand upon that a little bit gail so how how does one who needs to um, portray themselves as a leader of people um to be the ultimate decision maker in many cases how can they still at the same time show that vulnerability?
1: you know what we're all human, and I think um I think from my perspective, letting a little bit of the kimono open and letting your team know and be um be aware when you're You know, when you're concerned or when there's something that's worrying you or I think to be human is what makes you connect with people. And so without that sort of opening the kimono a little bit, um, exposing yourself to being a little bit vulnerable, um, without that empathy for your people, there is not going to be success. There simply isn't. You, You won't be able to be that good coach, that good change manager. So I think it's opening the kimono just enough without... Um it's completely dropping one's guard,
0: and and that touches upon another interesting uh, point, which is uh, ever more important to the world of sales. Certainly, as we are now entering 2019, and that's the role of the human being, uh, exactly, a, a, amongst all of this technology and all this data that, that that's now out there. Right, you know, exactly. Um, do you think there's always going to be a role for for real people in the sales process, or could it get to a point where certain industries are entirely automated?
1: Listen there's there's stuff that can be automated. There's no question. And certainly, at the consumer level, we're experiencing that, right? When we order software online or we rarely touch a salesperson anymore, but I it, it, that's at the consumer level. At the business level, I think it's entirely different. I think we're still we're up in in a world now where there is no single buyer. Uh, we're typically talking with committees of people making decisions and They want to know that there's something human behind. They want to know where, I don't want to pick up the phone and and get a recording. I don't want to get a voice. I don't want a bunch of numbers that I have to push. Tell me that there's going to be somebody on the other side that's going to help me solve my problem. So I think there's always going to be room. I don't believe that the sales profession is going away um, and can be fully automated. There are elements of the job that we do that might be, but no, we have to bring our human side, no question.
0: And yet, have you noticed a, a change in the typical skill sets of, of salespeople coming through in the last couple of years? So uh, I've done interviews with folk before, like uh, the awesome Jamie Shanks, for example. And, mm. and, and we've spoken <laughs> we've spoke, we've spoke about the, the concept of how modern sales today uh, is, is almost what marketing was five or 10 years ago as well, because you've got to know certain technologies. You've got to know uh, more in-depth analysis of how, how a sales pipeline functions and and how fluid it is. Have you seen that uh, as a leader of salespeople? Have you seen a change in the skill sets of of salespeople coming through in the last couple of years?
1: Um, I have. I've seen a difference in what makes people successful for sure. And it's so funny that you mentioned Jamie. He's on his way here for 1230 today to begin training one of my teams. So uh, part of what I see in terms of that change is is people amplifying that sort of um, social profile, if you will. Uh, We've you know, it's funny, I think one of the things that I did a number of years ago was take a look at how do buyers buy? We, we recognize a need for something, we start to do our research around it, we gather a whole bunch of information. And if you think if you sort of equate the whole scenario to buying a car, when you need to test drive is the first time you're actually going to touch or talk to a salesperson. And I've asked salesperson salespeople in the past, if you could do that test drive without a salesperson, would you? And of course, everyone's response is yes. So if salespeople don't want to talk to salespeople, there's something to be said for that. Um, So yeah, I believe amplifying the social profile and and getting to where your learners are learning. So we have to jump in ahead and, and get ahead of where we used to talk to our people. So I don't want to wait. I don't want them to wait To come to me once they think they've got all the information, what I want to do is start educating them where they're doing their learning. So I think that's one of the key skill sets is being able to get out there on social to somehow connect with these people um, and and become that trusted advisor, if you will, before you even talk about selling.
0: Okay, well, you and I haven't even started talking about uh, the the learning and development initiatives with sales <laughs> yet, which 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 is going to be the primary uh, focus of this interview. I promise. But you've just uh, you brought up something else there, and I, I just want to touch upon that too. And that's um uh, before before the actual action of of getting into sales based conversations, there's this whole area and this whole mm-hmm. uh, part, part of the sales funnel which is building up the trust. Uh, for, for a salesperson who's joining an organization, if they already have a pretty well-established online brand, their own personal brand, is that a huge plus to a potential employer?
1: Um, I'm not sure that it's a huge plus. It's definitely a plus. But the question is, in what industry have they established themselves, right? So if I'm leaping, making a leap from the security side of technology, for example, into the space that I'm in now, the EHS&Q, environmental health safety quality space, um, is my social profile and my trusted advisor status in the security space going to transfer? That's the question. So I think what we want to do is establish ourselves as experts in a particular field, um, and then broaden from there. So in other words, if I establish myself as generally being a good problem solver overall, then yes, that gives me a level of credibility perhaps that uh, I may not, that another salesperson may not have. But again, I think what's really critical is is understanding what industry we're in and becoming that trusted advisor in that space.
0: Okay, perfect. Now, in your opinion, how important is the onboarding process to getting salespeople performing as fast and as well as possible.
1: It's critical. Uh, The right onboarding experience can help rescue turn. it can help certainly reduce the total cost of hire, um, as my uh, HR contemporaries will say. Um, And I can tell you just from my own experience here at Intellects, as a matter of fact, I just got a report before the podcast started. Um, One of the things I wanted to measure when I came in a year plus ago uh, was what was the time to first activities, first sales activity from the time a person starts with us, when do they have their first interaction with a customer, whether it's by phone, uh, an email, outreach when does that happen and 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 I hope you're sitting down bill and I was sitting down when I got this number thank goodness because the answer was 64 days That's a really long time. (laughs) That's telling me that I've hired somebody who potentially has a Rolodex that they're eager to get to, and I'm not letting them get on the phones for two months. So through some very um, radical changes to the way we facilitate onboarding here at Intellects, I've been able to now reduce that time to first activity average to 20 days. I've got people recording, uh, uh, videos of themselves talking about what they're learning from day three onwards. So there's a constant flow of conversation, which means that they're able to more quickly internalize the messages that they're learning and be able to spit them back out in in a way that's meaningful and comfortable and authentic for them.
0: So please excuse me. I just had to pick myself up from the floor there when I heard <laughs> <laughs>
1: sixty-four wow. days. I know.
0: <laughs> wow, and and you've got that down to twenty. That that that's amazing. Congratulations. Yep. Uh, Thank you. Okay, so so can can the will to achieve and exceed sales targets be taught, or mm. is that drive something that great sales people are born with? In in your experience,
1: you know that's a really great great question. So. I would suggest that having that competitive edge that's required to really want to achieve and exceed sales targets is a sales gene, and it, and it isn't found in everyone. Um, I've often been asked, why haven't I swapped over to a sales role so I could earn more money than being an enabler? But I'm not driven by that gene. My passion comes from helping other people who have the gene be the best at their game that they can possibly be. That said, in today's world, with the way the buying process has changed, the sales game is less about my targets than it is about selling value to prospects and solving problems. So I believe that a salesperson can be super successful in achieving and exceeding sales targets with that keen focus on solving buyer problems. So is that competitive edge sales gene required. If you're a good problem solver, you probably have the ability to meet and exceed sales targets.
0: Okay, so you gave us a little bit of of, of an indication of, of how you're accelerating the training and onboarding process uh over intellix a moment ago and you, you also mentioned uh, jamie shanks is coming in later so it sounds like you it guys sure got of, <laughs> you've got lots of uh, uh awesome resources for for, for learning development and, and training and and i believe that uh um many of your folk are members of the cpsa just thought i'd throw that one in there too um mm-hmm. so but can you can you paint a bit more of a picture of, of what the training looks like at, at intellix
1: Sure. So uh, we do host a weekly sales academy and we're fortunate to have a pretty large in-house space that can accommodate all the local sales teams. So it's set up with technology that allows us to port our remote folks in as well with video and in addition to audio. Uh, So our Denver and UK offices and those who work remotely from across the US are able to participate. And we usually kick off that academy with a 10-minute focus at the start on the forecast so that we're all kind of tuned into what's going on in the business. And it gives people an opportunity to know where to turn to say, hey, he's doing a deal. You know, I saw that you're working a deal that's just like the one I'm working. Let's collaborate. Um, the other thing I do is I post weekly articles or webinars of interest that come across my desk uh, to the Teams site. We, we're a big Microsoft Teams house uh, for sales and for sales leadership. So that encourages sort of that self-motivated learning, but I'm giving them a little Friendly nudge in the right direction. Um, and we're currently actually beta testing a, a first module of a core training program that we hope to be able to launch through Level Jump, which is a, a piece of fabulous local Toronto, by the way, uh, software um, that we use for onboarding and learning in general. Um, and we're hoping through this core program to help our new Intellexians and existing AEs really walk a day in the shoes of their key buyers. So this will be the prelude to a series of industry-focused learnings that will provide insight into the challenges that our buyers face and the language that they speak. Because for me, that's the biggest, those are sort of the biggest two elements that allow people to then connect the dots on how do we solve the problems that we hear about. And then of course, the the most critical element to all of this is the leadership coaching to support the training. Uh, So I make sure that we've always got some some coaching um, uh, tools in the toolkit, if you will. And
0: I, I guess that, that degree of, uh, of training, that, that in-depth training that you offer, that, that in itself must be a real pull to uh, potential uh, candidates who, who are applying for sales roles.
1: I know religion. certainly if, yeah I mean as as an employee in general I think anyone wants to work for a company that encourages their their ongoing development but certainly in 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 a field like sales where everything changed is ever changing you know from from what we sell to how we sell it to how people buy it um I think it's really really critical to have that sort of mix of everything
0: Now what what are some of the biggest challenges when it comes to retaining the talent you've invested in So you've attracted them, uh, you, you've chained them up, but now you've got to mm. keep them. How, how, can, how can leaders
1: overcome some of those biggest challenges? Well, so I think onboarding is a key challenge. We talked about it a little bit, but but if you don't get that right, uh, that's where I find that we lose people. When they get a sense that their sales cycle is going to be really long and really complicated. And I think leaders can help overcome this in two ways. One, set the right expectations with your candidate in terms of what what is the average sales cycle. Um, our industry The one that Intellects works within is a very complicated one. It is going to, that sales are complex. We're selling often to inexperienced software purchasers. So there is going to be a little bit longer than average sales cycle. Be honest, be upfront about that. And secondly, Invite your sales enablement lead to help with the interviewing. Oftentimes, you'll find that they'll ask questions that can provide insight into the way someone's wired when it comes to things like self-motivation and learning, which, uh, let's face it, in sales is a huge step on the ladder to success. And then I I think the second thing is uh, leadership and coaching. People want their leaders to be strategic, but they also want transparency and they want to feel like they matter. So there's a difference between, like I said earlier, providing feedback, great deal, to true grassroots coaching, like asking the so what's in account reviews to help really uncover gaps or doing manager ride-alongs to really watch your team in action in the field, providing your team with insights into things like pipeline conversion rates, working with them to help improve those. I think solid coaching that helps grow and develop an individual skills is what's going to help keep people around longer. Um, when it's sales coaching, again, that's twofold. There's from a sales leader perspective, there's coaching to the book of business, but it's also coaching to the person, which goes back to, to me talking about bringing that empathy to the table um, and not being afraid to show a little vulnerability. And I think really the third thing that keeps people around is culture. If there's a, a culture of healthy sales competition and sort of an overall company culture of diversity and sharing and caring, that's going to go a really long way in helping you keep your people around. And, and what about the
0: the opportunity to to rise up in the ranks, if if, if you will? Uh, is is that very important to a lot of the salespeople that that you help to develop, or actually is that just a small proportion of people who want to go from a, a frontline or customer facing role in, into management later on?
1: I know that's a, that's a really great question, uh, it, and it, be, be careful what you wish for is what I always warn people. So, of course, you know people's sort of vision is, well, you know, I'm a super salesperson. I think the next step for me is to get into sales management. But they sort of make that leap or companies push them into that leap without giving them the grounding and the foundation and what they need now if you're a really great salesperson and you've been acting in the role of coach to your um your buyers then you have a leg up on being able to coach people in general but if you are less inclined to be that way you need some foundational managerial skills right Um, and what i find is that a lot of people who do make the leap into sales management very quickly identify. You know what? This is not for me. I where's the money? I, I want to make the money I was making before. So, you know, I've 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 sort of encountered all of the ilks, the people who want to jump quickly through the hoops and get to the top, uh, and then the people who get there and say, you know what, this is not who I'm wired to be. Um, and, but one of the things I did recognize very quickly at Intellects, we have a, um, a BDR team here, a business development team, uh, and they're more of the sort of that inside sales focus group. Uh, and I looked at look at them uh, as a pipeline, if you will, for salespeople. So we very consciously develop that group in a way that we can roll them into a roles moving forward so that allows us then to take some of our top performers and move them up the management food chain but do that with with that solid grounding if you will the footing that they need to be successful
0: now then you are a founding member of the toronto chapter um i am of the the sales enablement society you're also the 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 uh, the president of the toronto chapter um can you, can you tell us a bit <laughs> about the sales enablement society uh the mission and and other than yourself of course the, the people involved
1: Sure. So the Sales Enablement Society is a completely volunteer organization. Um, It's focused on really elevating the role of sales enablement in organizations across the globe uh, through engagement, communication, research, and development. Um, It's funny how it got started. It was just a grassroots group of people that got together in D.C., and I knew many of them uh, from my work in enablement over the years for American-based companies. Uh, They got together over dinner, sat around talking because they missed having sort of cohesive. Perhaps they were each individual contributors at the time, but they wanted to be able to share about what they were doing. And from there, it just evolved and it started to blossom and grow. And uh, when I saw what was going on and and saw that Scott Santucci, who was at one time an analyst with Forrester in the sales enablement space, was starting to travel the the country, the U.S., uh, to meet with some of these groups that were sort of, again, grassroots forming. Um, My outreach to him was when are you coming to Toronto? And his his challenge to me was when are you starting a chapter? So it took a year to pull it together. And I literally, because most of my work was done Remotely from home with American-based companies. I didn't have much of a network here locally. Uh, So it took me about a year of gathering names, uh, random outreaches on LinkedIn to say, hey, I'm thinking of starting a chapter. Would you be interested? Um, And that's how we pulled together a sort of core group of people. Uh, And out of that... um, David Bloom, a local CEO of a, a software company, uh, had asked if he could participate and, and co-chair with me. I said, terrific. And given that he's a vendor in the sales enablement space, it's a really comfortable match because I'm the practitioner. He is technically a vendor, but he's a practitioner at heart. So I send out the invitations, which means it's practitioner to practitioner. It doesn't appear as if, and, and we certainly try to avoid uh, this being a sort of um, uh, Groundswell for gathering leads. It really is uh, a practitioner get together, so we can share, uh, we can help each other grow, uh, we can get ideas from one another, etc. I think my best recommendation: read the book if you have not read it, "The Chaos Imperative" by Ori Bronfman, and it will give you a true sense of how the Sales Enablement Society sprung up out of nowhere. So we've probably got about 50 people on our mailing list right now. And um, our next chapter meeting is actually coming up uh, next month, February. And we've got a guest speaker for that one. So I'm really excited.
0: Okay. Listeners, if you're in the GTA, be sure to check that out. We are coming towards the end already, Gail, of this interview. So one last question for you. Uh, how, How can we learn and connect with you? How can our listeners learn more about Intellects Technologies? And also, how can they check out the Sales Enablement Society?
1: Well, my day job keeps me pretty busy. So maintaining a regular blog is not something that I've uh, been able to succeed at. I do post on LinkedIn from time to time, but definitely reach out, uh, pick up the phone, drop me an email, email, invite me out for coffee. I'm an open book and I love nothing more than networking. It's one of my key strategies uh, as I continue down my own evolutionary path. So always happy to to take a call always happy to meet for a coffee um, look for me at sales to functions and definitely reach out if you're interested in becoming a member of the sales enablement society
0: wonderful well that just leaves me to say for today Gail Chirac thank you very much for being a guest on this CPSA podcast my pleasure thank you and listeners as always until next time happy selling Thank you for listening to Sales Pro Chat Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association.